Hi, I am Nicole J. Georges. I am a queer, feminist, vegan cartoonist, teacher, and advice columnist living in Portland, Oregon, with my half-blind chihuahua, Ponyo Georges. <coughs> Welcome to our podcast, Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the Today on Sagittarian Matters, we give writing advice, talk about Botox, and try carrot hot dogs with my guests, Michelle T. and Morgan Grunstein-Helvey. Stay tuned. Michelle T. is one of the creators of Sister Spit, a queer literary tour. She's the author of the book Valencia, Mermaid in Chelsea Creek, The Chelsea Whistle, Rent Girl, and most recently, Black Wave. You can find her at michelle.t.com. Michelle T. Hi. Welcome to Sagittarian Matters. Thanks. Great to be here. We are recording from a staircase at our friend's hotel. It's like a little stair. It's like the back stairwell. Where I have just picked some avocado toast off of a room service tray that was left unoccupied. Which is totally classic George's, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> it's very on brand. I'm staying on brand here in L.A. <laughs> We're in Los Angeles. It would be more on brand if you had taken the room service scraps and, like, brought them with you somewhere. <laughs> that would actually, like, brought them into, like, your home and put them in your fridge or carry them in your purse. That if that tray was full of things that I ate in that way, you bet your bottom dollar I'd be doing that. <laughs> uh, How is it? It's great. It's avocado. I just ate the avocado off the top. And you're eating, you're eating toast the way that my two-year-old son eats toast. From the top down? Yeah, just like eat, eat whatever's on the to- top of the toast, and then you just leave the slob of toast kind of like gnawed at. Maybe he's paleo. <laughs> okay. Here's our advice question. Hi. Okay, I have a question for Michelle T. Um, assume you're writing a book, and you have all the content in your head, and you know many people have written books, and so you know about, like, strategies and practice and just doing it and not being an editor, all that kind of stuff. And yet, when you actually sit down in front of your computer or a notebook to start writing some of it, you actually just draw a blank. Like, nothing, nothing at all comes. Any prompts, any exercises, any tools for getting around that freezing situation? Thanks. It's writing strategies. What do you do? Listen, I think... I think the thing to do in this situation is she said that she has all the content in her head. She's get it out of her head in a list. Just like you need to do a giant brain dump. Like, make a list of every single point, no matter how seemingly small. Maybe it's just like a, it's like a one-sentence tip that you'll want to include in it. It doesn't matter. Every single thing that occurs to you that should be in this book you're working on, make a giant list of it. You just want to get yourself like a little notebook and have that be the repository of every idea that you have for this book. Because if it's just all in your head like that, then of course you're going to draw a blank because it's it's so overwhelming and intimidating to think about the entirety of your book in one swoop. Swoop? Swoop. And one, one fell sweep? In one sweep. You don't want to do that. So, yeah, that will continue to stump you. So definitely do just like a giant brain dump. Make a big, big list. And then just go off of your list. Just do one thing at a time. Do eeny, meeny. That's actually how I wrote, like, my first couple of books was that I just, when I was writing memoir, I had a running list of just, like, every little anecdote, person, place, thing, anything, moment that I think would maybe stimulate a story and be a springboard for a larger story. So anything that you think is going to be a springboard 
for you to launch into your content and, and, and kind of get across what you have to say and then take it from there. I have similar but different advice. I have an exercise that I use with my students, Yeah. which is from the Linda Berry School of Teaching, oh. which is the idea that you, I'll give you the most basic prompt. So the idea is cars. I think I take a piece of paper, write cars at the top, and list the first seven to ten cars that come to your mind yes. from your early life. So that could be childhood, that could be middle school, high school, whatever early life means to you. So, you know, it could be like, you know, Betty's mom's car, my first Volvo, um, mom's Ford Tempo, whatever. Yes, like, keep going, keep going, so keep great. going. This is so great. After you're done with that list, just keep writing. Don't fuck around. Don't look at anything. Don't look at your phone. If you get tired and you can't think of for a minute, make a spiral in the corner with your pencil so your pen is still moving. Keep your energy with the paper. Focus. It's a quiet space. When you're done with your list, sit back, look at it. Pick the one that feels the most vibrant to you. Turn the page. Write that at the top of the next page. Mom's white Volvo. Mom's white tempo. Mom's Ford tempo. And then that's the title of your thing. And I want you to just put yourself into the quantum leap yourself into that image. Look around. What do you see? What's in front of you? What's behind you? How old are you? Uh, what are you wearing? What season does it seem to be? Who's with you? Uh, what yes are you to all of this is the best advice. What this are you about to do? What did you just do? Where are you going? What does it smell like? What does the yes. air feel like? Yep. Um, all of those things, you know, what just happened? What's about to happen? Write all that and just like free associating listy kind of form. And then turn the page again and starting with I am, put yourself in the narrative, first person right there and write that narrative. Use those details to write that narrative. I am eight years old in my mom's Ford Tempo with the light blue interior driving to the Girl Scout meeting and there's smoke coming out of the hood and blah, 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 blah. Mom's here and she's smoking in the car and the windows are up and like whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say. And that I have my students do it and I do that, but around the things I'm writing on. So say like I'm writing a memoir, like Michelle was saying, and uh, I'm like, oh, I, I want to write about when I was 10. Well, then I will capture one moment or place yeah. or person or thing from that time and I'll free write using that exact model Yeah, about when I was 10. Yeah. Otherwise it's too overwhelming. It's too overwhelming. To, to stare a book down is just too, to stare down the barrel of your book. No. Yeah. And that's not how it's going to happen. It's made up of a billion little pieces. Yeah. A million little pieces. I think that's good advice. I, guess, I, I love your advice. I, Thanks. I, love those. I like your advice. I've, I've definitely done, I just li think lists are where it's at. Lists are where it's yeah. at. I mean, if you wrote, I love... I don't do it often enough, but I love writing a top 10 list uh -huh. for that time. But just top 10, whatever you want to put on the list. Yeah. The songs you're listening to, the foods you're eating, the people you're hanging out. What do you like the best right now? Wow. So, so you even do it just about your present, like in a journaling kind of way? Yeah. So like right now, I could be like, Nicole's top 10 from LA. And I'm like, matcha lattes, coffee <laughs> bubble tea, having a Prius, experiencing the sun, like... My new bed frame. Like, just things that are never going to be quite as exciting or interesting right, again. as they are right as now. As they are this moment. Like, the sun will never be quite as interesting as it is right now. No. I've even actually... So, I'm here in L.A., and I've actually started to miss the Portland gloom a little bit. Really? Like, wishing I could walk outside and be completely protected by the clouds and moisture. Oh. Because it feels unprotected here. Yeah. Your skin is very vulnerable here. It is very raw to it's, go out, out your door. You're just walking right into just searing sunlight and smog. This is the inverse of being in Vermont. Because in <laughs> Vermont, to go outside, you had to put on so many layers of clothes to protect uh -huh. yourself from the cold elements. Yeah. And here, you have to wear so many fewer clothes, which I'm yeah. having a fashion problem I'll ask you about. Okay. But you have to put on so much sunscreen. 
Yeah, you should. I often don't. What? I mean, I I do. I have a lot of like moisturizer, face moisturizer with sunscreen in it. So I do that. Yeah. But then I just don't really put it on my body. What about your tattoos? I know they're just getting all blown out like a like a biker chick, and I just look like an eighty year old biker chick by the time I'm like forty six. I worry about that all the time. I'm like, I've been here a week. I already look like I've been in prison for years. Michelle. Yeah. Will you tell me about when you got Botox? Well, I got Botox three times. Oh my god, wait, I've wait. Gotten Botox three times. What was your feminist life? precursor to this? Like your did you have to go through some kind of feminist thought spiral before you agreed to do Botox? Um it wasn't really a feminist spiral. It was more like a class spiral. Because mm-hmm. it's expensive. And you're just like anyone who has that much money to blow like that is just a jerk. And then you are that jerk all of a sudden, or I was that jerk all of a sudden, and I was like, I actually have, I actually can do that. Like, I actually have that money, so to pretend otherwise is sort of stupid. I want it. I want that experience. I want to, I was just really kind of like having this moment where I was really embracing, like, being in my place in time, and I was just like, I am in a place in time where women who have this extra money will do this weird thing to their face, where they shoot a toxic, a botulism toxin into their face to paralyze their facial muscles. And it just was, like, too good to not try it out, you know? It's too weird. It was too weird. And also, like, I had just gotten this big photo shoot done, and I kind of, like, looked like Johnny Cash afterwards in the pictures. I was just like, maybe I want to do that. Um, So I did it, and it was, like, fun. I don't know. It was, like, like a weird, fun thing to do. Um, I don't know. It definitely felt tied to, like, not just my vanity. I mean, obviously, it's tied to my vanity, but also kind of like the way that I'm an alcoholic or an addict, where I like to do like weird, creepy things. You know, there was something about that that was appealing to, um, and the way that I'm like a weird Aquarius that wants to rebel against whatever cool thing I actually agree with. I also want to rebel against it. So it's like all of like the feminist, like whatever feminist sort of philosophies that would suggest you don't do something like that or to say that that's self-hating like like, don't tell me what's self-hating yeah you know I'm like I just it doesn't feel like that to me you know it it, it really does I don't hate my face I just wanted to see what it would look like if it was paralyzed with botulinum toxin so so I did it and it was great it was really fun and I like how it looked and um and then I did it again this was many years ago this was in like I don't know 2009 or something and then I did it again maybe six or nine months after that and my my Botox doctor who I had picked off of Yelp as being the number one with the best reviews um, when I was living in San Francisco she gave me she she fit me in like just under the wire before she went on her like mission to Africa she like goes and does like not Botox missions she yeah. actually like does other things yeah. and the doctor besides gives Botox so she just fit me right in before she left and it was so quick and I got I got Botox bruises. I had this like big bruise, like right on my forehead, right where like Catholic people get like you know ashes, like, ashes on Ash Wednesday. So it looked like it was like Ash Wednesday forever on my on my face for a minute. So it was kind of embarrassing to have a Botox bruise. And then my wife is really fascinated with it. She wanted. She was like, "Let's do that for Christmas. Let's like not get each other any presents or anything, and um, let's get each other Botox." And so we went to this place that we thought would be cheaper than normal. It wasn't, um, and got it. And I got bad Botox. So there's this really great... If you, like, Google, like, bad Botox, there's this great 
blog this woman writes where she goes through all of the different types of bad Botox that you can get and so I got the kind of bad Botox where your your brow gets heavy and kind of Neanderthal <laughs> and like your eyelids kind of sink oh, so no. it's like it was like my eyelids it was like all of a sudden it was like I was like oh now I got Botox now I need an eye lift it was like oh this is how it happened you know but I was like no wait it's not like I'm just noticing that my eyes are heavy they're heavier because of the Botox so so I don't know, you know, the women in my family, their eyes get kind of heavy, their yeah. eyelids get heavy, um, and hang over their eyes, so I don't know. Did it go get... away? Yeah, look at, look how expressive I am. Oh, you are very expressive. Yeah, so wait, when wrinkly. you got Botox, did you feel like you couldn't express yourself? No, I'm so expressive, I could lose a few through expressions. Your, through your face? You were just, yeah. your mouth was like, <laughs> No, I mean, Like I, detox, the really drag queen? It. <laughs> no, you or can't. She... Is she super Botox? No, like at the bottom of her face, she'll like do this thing with her mouth. It's like her thing. Oh. Anyway. Um, I don't know. No, it she wasn't. She is super Botox, though. She is. That's part of her job requirement, probably. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I have bangs right now. Yeah. And it just is a waste of money to get Botox if you have bangs. Because it's the poor man's Botox. It is the poor man's Botox. The, the poor man's face The lift. really, really poor man's Botox is frownies. Oh, that's what I use. Frownies. Yes. I have to get some frownies. I have to get some frownies. Beth was like, what's frownies? And I was like, it's a piece of paper. I, like, looked at the back, and it's like, paper, craft glue. Those are literally, the, it's a piece of paper. I think I actually have a review of this on, maybe on the podcast. But you stick this piece of paper in between your eyes and it separates your wrinkles while you're sleeping. So you have eight hours of uninterrupted, non-scowling. Because all I do is scowl. God, I know, me too. I'm always squinting because my eyes are so bad. So I've had this, and for many years I didn't have glasses. Um, and I was just always squinting and squinting in the sun because I didn't have sunglasses and I got a lot, you know. We are so impoverished. You have sunglasses. I just staring at the sun, squinting. I, oh. Yeah, because I, I knew I, to get sunglasses, I would need prescription sunglasses. I didn't oh, have yeah. health insurance. It was so I was so broke. It was like so expensive. So I didn't have anything for many years. And um, now look at you. And then you know, I was in like a tumultuous relationship where I like cried, basically like sobbed like every other day for like eight years. And oh, so good. that was a lot of like scrunching the scrunching of the face, you know. So now, so now I'm, I got wrinkles. That's, so what I'm saying is now I have wrinkles. So what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll do it again. Really? What? Well, so wait, what, uh, how did your wife like getting Botox? Well, it was pretty funny because I went in before her and I got something like 135 units, I think is what it was. And then when she came out, I was like, how many units did you get? She got seven units. I was like, that is a joke. You got like joke Botox. Um, but they gave her... She was called, the, the the dermatologist was calling it like the, ho, the Hollywood Botox. I was like, isn't it all Hollywood Botox? It's all Hollywood Botox. But it was like the actor's Botox, so she could be more expressive, which is really funny because she didn't really want to be more expressive. She just like she's wanted like frozen. her face frozen. Yeah. So um. So yeah. I mean, I, I felt like we. I don't know that we looked that different actually, but we we had like we felt like we'd had this sort of weird transgressive fun experience. That does sound like a fun, weird experience. It was. Slash waste of money. So, we probably, I don't know. I don't know that we'll do that again. It feels irresponsible for me right now with my income or lack thereof to, to like, go get Botox when I have a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like... It's like, we're for rolling and dough, you know? Yeah. And, okay, sure. Maybe He's I'll like, do it again. Mommy, I'm hungry. And you're like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, kid. Mama's gonna get rid of her 11s. So we have one food review. The food review is this. 
Michelle wanted to drink something called that was on the menu at the hotel called cat shit coffee. <laughs> <laughs> she called it something different. It's coffee. Oh, sure. Hello. Um, what is this? Cat it, shit the, coffee? the coffee has a proper name, which is an it's like an Indonesian name that I cannot remember. But the the point of the coffee is that it's grown in Indonesia, where there is a native animal called the civet, which you might be familiar with because um, civets used to be um, killed for their for their some of their glands, which produce musk. So they're like they're where musk comes from um, when it's not synthetic, and I, all musk is synthetic now. I'm pretty sure. But um, anyway, so the civet, which it looks like a, a leopard weasel. It's really cute. It looks like it would be very cuddly and very, very plush. It has a really long nose, um, a not long snout. Uh, it climbs the trees. It eats the coffee beans. And then it shits them out whole. And then people harvest it. And supposedly it's like super great coffee. The time it spent traveling through the civet's digestive system... I guess somehow improves it. It roasted the coffee in there. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so we were at the pool and it was like seven million dollars approximately. But Michelle was like, "I gotta try it." Well, actually, I didn't want to. I mean, I wanted to try it, but I also was like, "Do I really want to spend seven million dollars on like a cup of coffee? Like this is bullshit." So I asked the waiter. I was like, "Do you only have like the cat poop coffee, or is there other coffee?" And there was just a miscommunication. I thought he was saying oh, do you want the cat poop coffee? I will bring you a French press. And then I felt like, oh, it's a French press? That makes me feel a little bit better that there's more of it for how much it is. So I said, okay, bring me that. So he brings me the French press, and we're like, okay. It's like a wine tasting happening. We're just like smelling, smelling it. it. I was like, oh, it just kind of doesn't really smell like anything. It kind of doesn't even smell like coffee that strongly. I, I was like, this coffee is no different to me than mushroom coffee that Morgan and I tried. That sounds disgusting. Mushroom coffee. That sounds worse than cat shit coffee. Well, it's just instant coffee but it has some some uh, medicinal mushrooms in it but it just tastes like instant coffee and I was like this just tastes like mushroom coffee it tastes like instant coffee yeah it kind of like it didn't have that like I like really dark coffee that's like dark roast it's like super strong it, it definitely wasn't that it wasn't that like newfangled coffee that people like today that where it's like hints of grapefruit and jasmine and lavender it wasn't one of those it just was like kind of diner coffee almost it tasted like, like diner wide, coffee watered down though not like the you know grow hair on your chest diner coffee so Michelle was like oh it must be watered down because it's like so expensive yeah maybe they don't didn't make it very strong maybe someone's punking us and like laughing at us being like those losers paid $20 to eat cat shit and we're just like <laughs> crumbling some Folgers into like a, a tea kettle and like here you go but so, ha, ha. We, so we drank it and I was like Michelle remember how it tastes for the podcast and then the guy brought the bill and guess what it was like five dollars it was like normal coffee yeah so that's why it was just like it was actually like Folgers or something it was like a French a tiny French prince of Folgers that's all that's it that's all she wrote so, so that was our adventure climatic food adventure Morgan is a great friend of mine and a regular on Sagittarian Matters. Morgan is always around to try out the weirdest food in the world with me. You can find her here, Sagittarian Matters. And if you like our show, please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a nice review. Thank you. Morgan Grenstein Helvey. Oh, Nicole Georges. Welcome to Los Angeles. Where Thank the, you. Where the players play. <laughs> And I'm trying different foods like every day. Every day. We're going to Portland where the stayers stay. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I have
have tried a couple of things in my oral tour of Los Angeles. <laughs> One hashtag these, oral tour. <laughs> hashtag oral tour. One of these is, you clued me into this, the new trend in vegan foods, get out your pen and pencil, is a carrot dog. Hot trend. Let me just tell you, originator, first person I ever heard even talk about this kind of carrot treatment is my mom when she came over to visit and was like we're like mom we're grilling you want to put some veggies on or whatever and she's like just a carrot dry and i was like that sounds gross that's so stupid who puts a carrot on the grill she's like oh this is divine morgan this is exquisite it is just exquisite and then like two months later i saw all these articles about carrot dogs and i was like trend alert Margaret Grenstein. Your mom, Margaret Grenstein, a.k.a. To Shell and Back. (laughs) Your mom. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was Googling the best carrot dog in L.A. I also cannot even believe that this is a Google search. I knew that they were here. There's enough eating disordered wackos that any food trend is happening here. That's true. That's true. So uh, I found this place called Fritzy Dog. Is it all carrot dogs? Hell no. Fritzy Dog is a normal hot dog stand, <laughs> and then they pride themselves on offering a vegan option. Which, which is a carrot? Which is many different kinds of a carrot dog. So I got excited, and I went out of my way What to take my GPS, and I went there, and I was looking around for the stand. It was like an amazing race challenge, because it was in a farmer's market with a billion stands. And then oh I God. got there, and they are like... Uh, we changed our branding two weeks ago. Now we're like Fritzy Loco Chicken or whatever. What? So please tell me they had carrot chicken. Well, I was like, but I just drove here for the carrot hot dog. And they're like, well, we still have the carrots. We just don't have them. Okay. So here's what the carrot is. People that are confused. Let's talk about it. Oh my God. I went with your mom. I wish your (laughs) mom was like a special Grunstein guest. Well, she lives in L.A. This is exquisite. Oh, this is just delicious. I would, it would be really fun to have your mom on the podcast. She's a food adventurer like none other. I mean, not that she eats the craziest of foods, but like a vegetable, she's into it. I would love to just talk about the different things we could do to vegetables. All right, special guest star. Special guest. She'll be like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Your family loves a food noise. <laughs> it's true. I want to be uh, with you guys at Thanksgiving and just no one else talk and just like you and everyone in your family just be like, ah, mm, uh, mm. just loving it. You also, punch even when I was in high school, we had the potato celebration. I was the potato queen. It was potato harvest. We did a potato tasting just for fun. Just, just you us guys. and our neighbor. Yep. Well, this is a long-standing tradition. This is you're you're doing what you love right now. Yeah, it's just my biological legacy. That's all. I do want to tell you when I was driving here on the highway, mm-hmm. and I was like texting something, and I was like, "Oh my god, what if I die texting?" I was like, "She died doing what she loved, texting, <laughs> texting. and driving." <laughs> I want I'm not gonna. I wouldn't do it, listeners, because I don't want to take somebody out. But yeah, like, take she, the Oprah challenge. She died um, doing what she loved. So okay. I can't wait to see this dog. Do you have one? No, I ate them all. Okay. <gasps> the carrot is a sous vide cooked carrot. For those who don't know sous vide, 
She's really great. Okay, just kidding. It's like you put a thing in a plastic bag, just F your eye, and then you cook it in the like lukest, warmest, like not hot, but hot water forever, like 12 hours, eight hours. I don't even know. Yeah. Low and slow. Uh, Suvid can be my drag name. Please. <laughs> That's your drag like name. Chef. Oh my God, it is my name. So they do it with like a billion, you know, like a trademarks, a signature number of spices, herbs and spices, like a billion herbs and spices in the sous vide carrot bag. So Uh then I got, so I was like, motherfucker. I was like, yeah, I'll take those carrots and give me some of these sweet and sour Brussels sprouts, please. (laughs) The Brussels sprouts were delightful. The carrots were delightful. When I was eating the carrots bareback by themselves, I was like, I was like, I don't get the hot dog thing here. I took them back to Michelle's house where I was staying. I put ketchup and mustard on it. Mm-hmm. I microwaved it, put ketchup and mustard on it. It was very hot dog-like. Okay, which leads me to believe that ketchup and mustard make anything taste like a hot dog. No! <laughs> no! I think it's okay. like the te- something about the texture and the mouthfeel and the mm-hmm. herbs and spices plus that shit. Yeah, it, it, it was something masquerading as a hot dog, but it was, it was delightful. My problem with it and this... Texture. No, my problem with it is there's no protein. Just like jackfruit, yeah. you're eating this thing in the place of protein in your meal, and then you're like, oh, now I have to go eat like a separate meal. For protein, there you go. <laughs> I know, always. Um, I really want to try a carrot dog so bad, and you want to know what I want to do side-by-side, Margaret Grunstein, special visiting guest, sous vide carrot versus carrot on the grill. They're opposite techniques, Nicole. How did you guys even deal with that carrot on the grill? Like, didn't it turn she, into a hard, charred No, mess? she just threw it on there dry. I was like, you want some olive oil? She's like, no, just as it is. <laughs> I, she, I loved it. It looked great. I think I ate it. I don't remember. But because, um, like, hot dogs are kind of bouncy. You know, like, if you threw it on the ground, it would bounce and, like, roll in a weird way. I feel like a sous vide carrot would not bounce. No. The sous vide had no... Well, so, you know, my friend Beth Pickens, who's a stickler for rules, was like, Ooh. oh, well, I, we can't, we don't have sous vide, so we can't make them at home. And I was like, we could boil that shit. You got to low boil it. Put it in a Ziploc bag. This is totally toxic. Don't do just it. Just get it in a Ziploc cancer. bag and just like low boil it for, like, just warm water it. Should I be getting chemo at the time just to save Might as well. an oncologist the trouble of diagnosing with the cancer I got from eat, drinking a boiled bag? I mean, if you're concerned about your best health, uh, like preemptive chemo is always the okay. answer. Preemptive radiation. Don't. No. <laughs> I know. But it is. People don't know that there's a plastic bag involved for a long time in warm water. But I just imagine that the plastic bag is a magical BPA-free plastic bag. That is some wishful thinking. It must be. I'm blowing the lid off this scandal right now. What? All right. So that's my... I'm actually going to report back about this hot dog because I'm going to go with Beth Pickens to Fritzy's restaurant. Oh, my God. They have a separate restaurant where they have the best carrot dog. And I Googled best carrot dog in L.A. And Fritzy's came up? Yes. Okay. I can't wait. That's my carrot dog. That's my carrot dog. And I'll let my mom know to start working on her uh, dry, dry grilled carrots. (laughs) Dry grilled. All right. This carrot. Yeah, this carrot case is not closed. No, no, no. We're, we're re- revisiting this one. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. 
Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.